good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, March 11. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. Joe Biden seized control of the Democratic presidential contest last night with four victories, including a decisive win in Michigan that struck a devastating blow to Bernie Sanders. Biden also scored resounding wins in Mississippi, Missouri, and Idaho, while two other states, North Dakota and Washington, continue to count ballots and remain too close to call. The results showed further evidence of the powerful coalition that Biden has assembled to fuel his remarkable turnaround in the past few weeks, particularly black voters who form the backbone of the Democratic Party and the suburban women who helped drive record turnout for Democrats in the 2018 midterms. Biden has also been winning white voters without a college degree, an important constituency that Donald Trump successfully courted in 2016 and that favored Sanders over Hillary Clinton in the primaries that year. The former vice president even outperformed Sanders yesterday in some of Michigan's college towns like Ann Arbor. Democratic voters have demonstrated over the past week during interviews and exit polls and at the ballot box that they want to avoid the protracted primary battle of 2016 and quickly coalesce behind a nominee who can begin focusing on defeating Trump. A drumbeat has come from party operatives and officials that Biden is the putative nominee and that the fight for the nomination is concluding. It's unclear how fierce the fight will be going forward. Sanders decided not to make any public remarks last night following his disappointing finishes. The wins for Biden come as the coronavirus disrupts the contest. Biden and Sanders both canceled planned rallies last night in Cleveland. While Biden traveled to Philadelphia, where he gave post-election remarks at the National Constitution Center to staffers from his nearby campaign headquarters, Sanders flew home to Burlington, Vermont. The rally cancellations came after Ohio Governor Mike DeWine declared a state of emergency and requested that all indoor athletic events in the state take place without spectators. Ohio is one of four states voting next Tuesday, along with Florida, Illinois, and Arizona. The Biden campaign announced overnight that it is canceling a Thursday rally in Tampa. Instead, Biden will go to his hometown of Wilmington, Delaware, to deliver an address on the coronavirus. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a member of the squad who endorsed Sanders in the fall, said last night that, quote, there's no sugarcoating it. These results were tough for Sanders. Another former Biden rival, Andrew Yang, who supported Sanders back in 2016, endorsed Biden after the results came in last night. He said the math shows Biden will be the nominee. The past week has showcased how much the Sanders campaign remains an unruly coalition rather than a tight operation. Allies have voiced various conflicting theories of the case about what Bernie needs to do. Some close advisors say Sanders needs to show a more personal side. That's a recurring suggestion that he's repeatedly been reluctant or unable to embrace. The campaign also has experienced a push and pull over strategic decisions. For example, they debated intensely in recent days whether to release internal polling showing a competitive race with Biden in Michigan. In the end, they decided not to release any polling data opting not to risk setting expectations and then falling short, which they would have. Sanders' efforts to improve his standing among black voters have also been especially awkward in recent days, when the campaign scrapped plans for Bernie to hold a rally in Mississippi so that he could spend more time in Michigan. It signaled to many Democrats that he was effectively giving up on black support in the South. 
which is a big deal because Georgia's primary is coming up in two weeks. Then he appeared on Saturday night in Flint, Michigan, at an event billed as a town hall on racial justice. Yet of the 1,200 attendees, only about three dozen were African-American. Then the senator decided at the last minute not to deliver his planned speech, contrasting his record with Biden's on racial justice issues, because a spokesman said he wanted to let the African-American panelists on stage speak about their own experiences. The effect was to suggest that Sanders continues to be uncomfortable delving personally into issues that affect the lives of black people. There are few game-changing opportunities left for Sanders. The candidates are scheduled to face off mano a mano in a two-hour debate on Sunday night in Phoenix, perhaps the last chance for a shift. The DNC said last night that that debate will go on, but there will be no live audience and no filing room or spin room for reporters. Bottom line, barring something unforeseen, Democrats now know that Biden will be their nominee. Biden and his team have their own work to do and less time than it might seem to get it done. Even if Sanders chooses to keep running far into the spring, the primaries don't wrap up until June and the convention is in July, Biden will have to begin to make a swift pivot toward the general with the goal of turning a campaign operation that has drawn criticism even from prominent supporters into a machine capable of waging a general election fight against the Trump forces. Biden won states last week on Super Tuesday where he had spent little or no money or time or held no rallies. He was winning because nearly two-thirds of Democrats appeared to be looking for a more moderate alternative to Sanders, and Biden was the last man standing. Sympathetic Democrats say the deficiencies in Biden's organization that contributed to his losses in Iowa and New Hampshire remain and cannot go unattended. Biden starts the campaign in the fall, many months behind the Trump campaign in identifying the voters who will make the difference in November and communicating directly to them. For the general, Biden will need to massively scale up his operation, sharpen his message, and reach beyond to voters who either shifted to Trump in 2016 or sat on the sidelines. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.